0: Hey, 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 welcome back to the Vibe with Vic Podcast. I'm your host, Vic, and uh welcome to the vibe. All right, let's talk about it. Who's hydrating in here? Anybody? I am, I know I am, and you know why? Because I got myself a Stanley cup. 40 ounce. Yes, God. And you know who pushed me on it? She didn't have to push. I need the promotion that my girl Kirsten did. <laughs> was seamless I mean at first I was like I don't know what you're doing like what, what are you trying to put me on but when I tell you that this is a life-changing cup and anybody who is like this is just a cup no 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 this is 40 ounces which equates to five cups of water who wants to stay hydrated what does your skin look like because I know up here in Minnesota, we got to keep glowing because the, the air is dry. So I'm going to lean into my Stanley that fits into my car holder. Yes. Uh, and some of you are like, I got a Yeti. I got plenty of Yetis. I don't need no Stanley. Oh, no, but you do. You need yourself a Stanley. Listen, if Stanley wants to call me I might have to I'm not even gonna might I'm a speed dial Kirsten so quickly and say girl this is an opportunity for you alright and then then you could pass the baton to me cause I'm a believer she made me into a believer can you believe it I just started that out the, the podcast like that <laughs> because it's true I got my Stanley right next to me you should too Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Um, a lot. I am obviously going to go over, we're going to call this an ebb and flow type deal because I don't have a V-vibe word for you. I don't have pop culture vibe. I think things are very slow and some things just don't, you know, don't catch my eye. But we do have show updates to go over. i um, definitely going to go over Potomac, Beverly Hills Housewives Reunion Part 2, Winterhouse, Salt Lake, and I think that's it. That's so it. (laughs) We're going to go long and strong today. Are you ready? I am. All right. First and four. Let's talk about these show updates. So, BravoCon was this past week. Um, a lot of people went. I did not. I don't believe in leaning into two to four thousand dollars to give to a bunch of wealthy people. I understand that it is about the experience, but that is a little bit too rich for my blood. If I got two to four thousand dollars, you know where I'm going: Turks and Caicos. And that's not even enough to get to Turks and Caicos. Okay, whether well, I would invest in that, I'll invest. Okay. Anyways, a lot of things came out of. Bravo Con. So I might say I'm not going to talk about it, but there's some things that were sprinkled over this past week. So one of the things I'm going to talk about is the Real Housewives of Miami trailer. That came out as fire. Alexis is evolving. She, you, know, you could tell she's been hanging out with Teresa, and we're going to find out why. She'll probably be like, I'm my own person or whatever. Okay, girl, we got you. I, I believe you are your own person. We're just seeing the real you come out. this season. Uh, I'm excited. Miami first will, you know, arrive on the Peacock Network and then it'll roll into Bravo. So you choose which one you want to lean into. But, you know me, I like to see things before everybody else. Uh, Next up, Andy Cohen, Bravo's favorite, announced at BravoCon that the new... Real Housewives of New York franchise. A whole new cast, y'all. Can you believe it? They're all influencers. And the ones that, or the one that I know some of you will know, or if you're into fashion, J. Crew. Y'all are familiar with that brand. The ex CEO of J. Crew, Jenna Lyons, is a cast member. I don't know when this will air, but she is a cast member. Uh, The rest have been announced. I can't tell you all the names off the cuff. Did I write down the names? No. Have I done some deep dive in them? Absolutely not. Somebody else has on TikTok University. They did the the legwork. I watched it once. It was interesting. A lot of people are not sold on even watching the franchise, but you know, I'm going to lean into it. Yeah. I mean, like, come on now. It's like, it's like putting Dairy Queen in front of me. I just can't say no. So of course I'm going to watch, but you know, let's take a moment. I don't know what you guys have in front of you. If you're driving, tap that brake for the OGs of the housewives. <laughs> it's the end of an era. If you're at home and you got a glass of wine, some bourbon, a little seltzer, a little water, I don't know, what, whatever you have, pour some. Pour some of that liquid on the ground for the OGs. Because again, it's an end of an era, you guys. Am I going to miss them? I think I'm already over them. They have other projects that are coming out. And remember, they were talking about that legacy thing that's coming out but whatever do I care Uh, and some people are really excited about this like Sonia Luann show I'm not I don't even think I'm gonna lean into it. I don't care I I don't I I don't care I really don't not about them but that might change you never know next this is just like kind of like something I need to say married to med what an iconic Bravo show, right? It's a franchise about black female doctors, a mixture of dentists and doctors, you know. Longest franchise. And not many people be watching it, but a lot of people watch it. It's like one does one of the longest standing franchises on Bravo. They hit the ratings every single time and they don't get the credit that they should. So, I'm telling y'all because I always have to promote these people. They are amazing. They bring the drama. I'm always front row to Sunday nights on Bravo. Their season just ended. They're rolling into the reunion. But I'm telling y'all, you have the way to go find the old episodes and watch. Right? So, you know, what we'll it called that? A recommendation. I also heard... Speaking of recommendations, this week, uh, my phone's been banging, telling me to watch The Watcher on Netflix. And here's my thing. It's, It's the season of Halloween, where it gets dark a little sooner, okay? A lot of people don't like the daylight savings thing. I just thought about that. But anyways, I can't be watching things at night like this. Uh... The pillows are not strong enough for me to, and my eyes are not able to take all these things. You know, I, I don't like horror movies. I like to go to bed and not have to think about opening up my eyes and seeing something. Like, I, I just don't like to be scared. So I have to watch these things in the daylight. So I have to watch The Watcher in the daylight, which means I have to watch it on the weekends and actually make time for it, which I haven't had time to watch anything during the day. On the weekends. So. I'm going to have to lean into this. When I take some PTO. During the holiday season. So I'm going to be late to the party y'all. I am going to be late. To the party. But anyways. Speaking of Netflix. I heard the crown season 5 is coming back in November. Who's excited? I've never seen it. But I'm letting you guys know. Because I'm just that type of person I care about you I care about what you're watching I want to hear what you're watching I want you to slide into my dms and tell me what you're watching that's what I need from you that's what I want from you give me what I want anyways I'm about to save the best for last you guys (laughs) and I know That some of you are going to be very excited and some of you are going to be like, what are you talking about? HBO Max, you guys. Sex Lives of College Girls is coming back season two. I'm so excited. This show is iconic. This show had me... It's so binge-worthy. Like, I binged it. I was attached, obsessed, and you should be too. I mean... This is a masterpiece. Mindy Kaling is one of the writers, okay? Give credit where credit's due. She does a really great job. The actresses and actors do a really good job. It's mainly a female cast, and they do an excellent job. Mid-November, you guys. You have until mid-November to turn on your HBO Max subscription and catch up. And honestly, I will watch the whole first season again because that's just how dedicated I am. How dedicated are you? Okay, that's what I want to know. How dedicated are you? All right, so that's it for the show updates. I got to do better, but it's been a busy, wild week. So that's what you get. You got to sprinkle. Take the sprinkle. Okay? Let's move on to the random thought of the week. Now, this is super fucking random. Okay? Go with it. That's all I'm asking. Let's talk about brands. So, like, we obviously know our phones listen to us. And if you don't, then you should look into that. Um, There's that one documentary on Netflix. It was very informative. I don't remember the name. But anyways... Had a random thought this past weekend, and I was shopping for thy clothes. I was in the good O.N. Old Navy, that is. <laughs> I love that place. Old, you guys have to understand, side note, Old Navy's um, quality has increased dramatically over the years. Okay, so what I'm about to tell you, I'm not telling you to walk. I'm telling you to go run. It has some warm gems. And I find the best gems out of there. So they have these Sherpa jackets. They're so clutch. When I'm out here hustling in the cold, I wear these Sherpas. And I don't think I've actually worn a winter jacket in years. Anyways, I was on a mission. I want to give a shout out to all the lambs who give this wool because, listen, I'm here for it. But, we were talking about brands, right? Okay. ADHD coming through you. So, Sherpa jacket. So, I had a thought. North Face. Y'all remember North Face? It was the hottest thing since sliced bread. Everybody had to have a North Face. But, I don't think that's the case now. I would literally argue and say the Sorrel brand is the number one with Columbia sportswear a clear second in North Face begging folks to come back. Like we're not even going to talk about Canadian goose. I feel like Canadian goose is for people who have coin. And I'm not talking about simple coin. I'm talking about that elevated coin. You know what I mean? The people that can go in and drop $1,000 racks on a coat. That shit better be the warmest warmest thing ever for $1,000. I mean... Am I jealous a little bit? Yeah, but then I um... don't anyways, if you got that bag of money, lean into it. But I'm a baller on the budget over here. And I'm telling you that Sorel and Columbia be they be calling my name. And Old Navy be calling my name with these Sherpa jackets, huh? So don't run, walk. Because I got a really good deal, deal on them last week. But anyways, you're probably saying, thinking to yourself like, why are you thinking about these things? Because Minnesota fucking snowed last week, okay? We don't want to talk about it. We were all beside ourselves. We woke up. We didn't even want to open up the blinds, okay? It was that way. Some people really like winter. But like, hey, for me, I want fall. I need Felix the fall to stay around here till December 25th. And it doesn't seem like that that's happening, or going to happen, all right? I'm going through it over here. I really don't want to see the white stuff for a good minute, but that has already passed. So I have to think about these things. I have to be proactive. Anybody who knows and lives in Minnesota, we know that it gets cold up here. And sometimes, based on how cold it got the previous year, how active you are, you have to go and get some new shit. So that's exactly what I did. So on top of that, getting the Sherpas, I've been, I thought about the brands and Sorel and everything like that. So for the people who have dogs that have to go out walking, I'm literally telling you, get your ear very close to the speaker. If you're significant other, I mean women, you know, for anybody who's dating a woman, a woman, 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 like whatever, you need to get her the kinetic boot. I, I told you, it is one of the warmest boots out there. I run cold. My feet stay sweaty in this boot. And I love it. I'll lean into some sweaty feet any damn day. Yes, God, especially if I'm outside and it's negative degree weather. Uh, If you're at a bonfire, what? Sorrel, kinetic boot. I'm going to give myself a black pair too. I got the brown pair. I love it goes with almost everything I'm gonna get myself a black pair and you should go run and get these too like I'm over here just somebody needs to call me because I'm all about I will sell your brand (laughs) I will sell it it keeps my tutors warm it's gonna keep my body warm I mean like come on now I'm here I'm available call me Anyway, so if we're on this warm aspect of it, let's kinda of roll over to the bullseye for a minute, okay? Go let's go over to the men's area. Their wool socks. Good fella. <laughs> You've been good to me. Those wool socks are so nice. I've never had a really good pair of wool socks. And I leaned into it last week and I got myself a couple of pairs. And I went to a bonfire and my feet were so warm. Y'all Don't hate me, but I'm ready for this winter. I mean, I'm not ready mentally, but I'm ready physically. (laughs) So wherever, wherever you are, if it's cold, you know, I've already said you keep hydrated with, with Stan. You keep warm, your feet warm with Sorrel. (laughs) And if you want some socks, you to sit by the fire or be outside uh you you might want to lean into the good fellows because here's the thing that people don't even talk about and maybe this is kind of leaning into a rant right people don't talk about the quality of a woman's sock it is horrible it is the thinnest shit i've ever seen it's like walking up to the deli and be like i like a pound of ham but could you like slice it as thin as possible i'm not one of those people i don't want my socks thin I want my socks thick I want to know that you're covering me I don't want to reach the emergency room and they're like wow your toes are about to fall off and I'm going to be like who do I need to call at one of these brands and be like why can't we just make them a little bit thicker right like I get it women are so called (laughs) delicate in quotation marks like what does that mean that we have to be cold out here in these streets I'm over it Anyways, that's all. That's, that's what I have for my, you know, my talk today. Now, if you guys know somebody, if you know somebody that knows somebody that needs somebody to uh, push their brand, <laughs> call me. <laughs> all about it. All right. So we're, how, we're, we're like 18 minutes in. I got, I got shit to tell you guys. So I'm going to take a break. Um, I'm going to tell you to go get some water, and we're going to talk about Potomac next. Stay tuned. I'm back, and we're headed out east to Potomac. Here we go. So we leave off at you know, Mia was snapping on Giselle last episode about the cancer post, and but then. Robin came to Giselle's, you know, side. She came through and stood up for bestie and said, Giselle wasn't the only person who had those thoughts. It was really Robin who started the shit. And then it was everybody else who started talking about it. Karen, Giselle, and I think Ashley had mentioned something about it, but not that much. So they move forward and Robin invited Charisse to Karen's party. Karen did not. There is a reason why Karen... Did not invite Charisse, And I feel like we are going to find out this season, but not right now. Um, so Karen's taco party apparently didn't have any tacos. I don't know why people put themes on parties and then don't have the actual theme at the party. But you know what? Karen's a different type of person. She's a different type of dom, okay? In the midst of this taco party, we have Katie. Y'all remember Katie? Katie Rost? Um, she was on the first and second season of Potomac. She was in the first, er the earlier seasons, I should say. I can't really, I don't remember. Everything sometimes just merges together, but she was on the earlier seasons of Potomac. She had a lot of like mental and emotional issues, um, but she wants to be back on the show. She has begged online through Twitter to Andy, how much she wants to be back on the franchise. And I don't think Andy will ever let that happen because Katie's literally a liability. She's. Her marbles are not exactly. Like, she's lost them a little bit. And it's like sad to see because Katie has a sharp tongue and she can actually hang tight with the ladies, but. No, 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 no. As far as that legal paperwork is going, uh-uh. They can't. They got to peace out to Katie and let her let her be her. But anyway, she showed up. Giselle ended up bringing her to Ray because, you know, Karen's husband, Ray, said at one point in time, either at a reunion or a past episode, that if there was one person he could date or want to date, it would be Katie. Giselle is fucking messy, y'all. It's like she stays messy. But you know what else is messy? that raccoon streak looking wig that she's wearing in the confessional I can't handle it I literally cannot handle it I feel like if you live in the state of Minnesota if you're hearing this and you know exactly what I'm talking about those type of streaks in somebody's hair they start happening when you get to a certain border of the suburbs there's a certain aspect of 169 that you start seeing that, that type of hair, embroidery jeans, it just starts, people start losing their shit out there. So anyways, back to the show. Uh, so we see Katie and then Ascala. she was a friend of last season. You know, this franchise, being a housewife, is not for everybody and it wasn't for Ascala. But I love seeing her. She's beautiful. Um, so, you know, come girl we love to see you. Give everybody hugs. But yeah. Um Anyways, at the taco party that didn't have tacos, Karen made a speech. And a part of her speech was that, you know, it had everybody confused. Because she made it seem like she was gone. But y'all, she never left. Like Karen has never left. She's. Karen's on another level. She'd be doing things just to do things, and that's just her. And we respect that out of the grand dame, right? We respect it. So anyways, the next day, they are at Wendy's house, and Eddie, like, makes a comment. Wendy's, like, looking at her kids, talking about cooking and how they need to all be self-sufficient. And Eddie said something like, "Came up, he made a comment that made me feel like, Wendy don't cook no more, and he ain't feeling that, and so, I don't know. Eddie is, everybody looks at him, and they just love him, because he's so nice, and he has that smile, and it's great, but uh, it's always the quiet ones, y'all. It is always a quiet one, and I would honestly say, the reason why Wendy is getting all those surgeries, is to keep up with her husband who has that eye. They can't seem to stay on her. But that's a story for another time because we're so damn early in the season, right? So anyways, we move forward. Karen got a boob lift. Her boobs have been lifted, y'all. Uh, she's talks about how she's about women trying to make themselves feel good. But I feel like she was trying to convince herself that she did it for herself. I don't think she did it for herself. I think there were other reasons a part of that. But hey, y'all do what you want to do when it comes to plastic surgery. Sticking needles in your faces, that's on you. Maybe one day I'll try Botox. But right now, my face is intact. Okay? Okay. And then we have Candace. So Candice is talking to her friend. I don't know what her friend's name, but they were talking about her IVF journey and how she obtained a plant. And Candice is like, she's thinking about being a mom. And she's like, being a mom is a permanent thing. And I was like, doesn't Chris have kids? Like, isn't she a bonus mom to his kids? But it seems like she don't, like just by her saying that, I don't think she sees his kids or kid as often to know what it feels like. I mean, I get it that she didn't biologically have that child, but I I don't know. I can't really put it on that, but it was just a weird comment to me. So anyway, she has this plant and she's u- utilizing this plant as something to take care of, just like having a child. And listen, I have my plant babies. I love my plant babies, but plants are not children. <laughs> they're not babies, so they're babies, but they're not babies. y'all you get the literal and the figure okay we we got it. we're on it, so I thought it was um, it'll be a test. It'll be interesting to see how our i v f journey kind of like rolls out throughout this whole season. Um, so then we move on to Ashley. So Ashley's friend, Deborah, comes over to have a play date. Um, and I think that's good that Ashley has a mom to connect with that has kids her age. Because obviously the other ladies, they have children, but they have a, some of them are adults already. Some of them are like 10 plus years old. I think the kids that are closest to Ashley's kids are Wendy's. But I don't think they hang out like that. But anyways, so Debra's over at Ashley's house. They're having a play date. And I don't know, they start talking about the separation with Michael and how quickly, like, Michael will bring someone else in. Like, Ashley literally is saying that Michael will just move on from her quickly. I just, Michael is not cute, you guys. Like, he looks, I hate to be, I could be so mean right now. I mean, I could look so, oof, I could go so low right now. (laughs) I could go so low. Michael looks like a scab. He looks like an alien scab, to be honest. Like, and I'm just going to keep it like that. He's the type of person, you know, I'm just not going to get any meaner. Okay, I'm just not going to get any meaner. But anyways, Michael's not good looking. The fact that Michael can pick up other females, women, that quickly is a little bit surprising to me. Um, It has to be about the bag of money that he holds. It cannot be about his personality because he has none. Um, And it cannot be about his looks. I mean, Ashley begged him, but we all know that Ashley had another thing in mind, y'all. She ain't ever going to tell us the plan we're just going to see the plan in action, which we are seeing the plan in action. <laughs> okay. So anyways, the subject of Ashley and Candice's friendship is brought up and how it's a marathon and not a sprint. So I just want you all to note that, place that memory in your mind as we watch this whole season unfold. And when we get to the end of the season, I want us to remember how she said that their friendship. Is a marathon and not a sprint. <laughs> um, okay, so Robin has had different hair colors. She's had blonde. She's had, you know, like a brownish color. Her hair is red and I'm loving it. I don't know. I just really think it looks good on her. So I like that. Um, but anyways, Robin and checks in with Giselle in a friendly way about how like She spilled her business about Juan not being on the mortgage. So you guys heard me, right? So remember I told you, Juan and Robin were previously married. Now they're reengaged. And in their previous marriage, they had a business partner or somebody who held their financials, did some weird shit with it, and they went pretty much bankrupt And had to like redo everything. But so now the tables have turned. Juan was making more money than Robin in the past. Now Robin's making more money than Juan. And we already tapped in on the whole reason why Robin wants to have a prenup this time. Whatever. La-di-da. Well, Giselle, you know, she's messy. And she loves to talk about everybody else's business except her own. And so she spilled Robin's business about Juan not being on the mortgage. I mean, I don't really think Robin fully trusts Juan. That is, as much as she loves him, love is sometimes not enough. And I don't think she trusts Juan as far as she throws him. And I'm just going to leave it as that. I mean... So while they talk about that and they go over, you know, that little tidbit, which I'm actually pretty happy that Robin mentioned that to Giselle and was like, yo, like that wasn't the move. Giselle turns around and, well, actually it was Robin who turned around and she was talking about how she met with Ashley and how Ashley mentioned how Chris DM'd her to come to the W at 2 a.m. And Ashley said that like she knew Candace wasn't there. And Robin's like, I don't think it was done maliciously. So she brings up the semantics and she followed it up with receipts. So basically Ashley was out with her friend and they took a picture. They posted it to the, their IG feed or whatever. Chris saw it. Chris, AKA um, Candace's husband saw it. He's a manager at the W. So he's like, yeah, pull up. Like y'all should pull up to the W or whatever. Um. and so Ashley has taken that and thinking that you know your husband's sliding into my DM's whatever so anyways Robin takes it as like I don't like he's not trying to hit on you he didn't like say anything that was like out of <laughs> out of sorts so it's like it doesn't matter mind you I don't know. So, like, they just basically, like, Robin's like, this is not messy. Ashley thinks it's messy, and she doesn't just think it's right. So then Giselle mentions how Chris slides into her DMs, and like, it's innocent. So Robin asks Giselle, like, why does everyone think he's overstepping a boundary? And I, to, to tell you guys the truth, I don't, like, I really am on Robin's side with this. Like, If he's the manager at the W and he's trying to promote business and he knows you guys, wouldn't he want you to come there? That's on Ashley's side. For Giselle, I just think that she's trying to piggyback off of this shit and it really just isn't working. So anyways, so like Giselle mentions about how Chris treated her at the reunion. Now, last year's reunion, last season's reunion was messy like Giselle likes to bring up shit and she brought up shit about Chris and Chris checked her for it. it. was like, I don't really feel like I didn't really like how you placed me in the light with this. So what Giselle is basically saying is that Chris had like asked her all these questions and she brings up the fact that like how her husband, Giselle's husband, Jamal used to cheat on her in the past and how she doesn't want to be a part of anything that can make her look like cheating. Listen, Giselle came up with this story how at the last year reunion that Chris had asked her if he could speak to her and how like he made sure her team had already left and she felt like he cornered her and she felt, you know, he was trying to take advantage of her. It's a reach for me, y'all. It's just a reach for me, okay? And I just say this because Robin, Robin, Robin would have Giselle's back if it was something, but she's like, Chris's text didn't cross the line because Robin saw the text that that Chris wrote to Giselle after the reunion and the whole situation like she was there. And she's just like, I just feel like the post about being the husband who gets shitted on this season is looking like it's true. It's really looking like that. So this right before the season started, Chris and Candace were going off on Twitter about this whole thing. And like, honestly, before a season starts, I pay attention, but then I don't pay attention because it's like we're going to see it unfold. And sometimes I just kind of want to be surprised so I didn't really think anything of it, but now that I'm thinking about the things that I saw previously, it's all making sense. Like, it's looking like they're trying to make Chris look like shit this season. It's his turn. So we move on from that. Mind you, that will come up later. We head over to Mia. Mia meets up with her friend, Jacqueline. Like, well, they're not friends anymore, based on Mia's post about Jacqueline being crazy, since there was a tape released of her hitting her husband after finding out he like cheated on her, anyways, Mia calls Jacqueline her bestie, and also says that like she's G's Mia's husband other wife, but without the sexual aspect of it. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised if they they've had threesomes before or they're swingers. It's giving that type of vibe. And if y'all like swinging and vibing that way, do you. But that is what this is giving. So anyways, so G, Jacqueline and Mia talk about Karen's party and how the cancer post was brought up. And G and Jacqueline bring up the saying of CYA, cover your ass, and how Karen's been covering her ass because she knows the other ladies longer than her. So Mia's confessional thought was like, if Karen had concerns about her cancer post. She could walk to her house and ask her because she lives down the street from Karen. From Mia, I should say. The mess, you guys. The mess. This shit, it is only what this was episode 2 of this season. <sighs> like we're buckle up. I hope this keeps on going, right? So anyway, Candace and Ashley meet up. We move on from Jacqueline, G, and Mia, and now we're with Candace and Ashley. So they meet up. Ashley mentions how Candace prefers to bring things up not in front of the ladies, and since this is about Chris, Ashley's like, let me just have a one-on-one, because again, their friendship is a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint, all right? <laughs> I can't. So then, Ashley starts out saying, she started, she's like, I'm starting to look at you as a friend. That's what Ashley says to Candace. And then she brings up how Chris slid into her DMs. And Candace is like, he works there. Like, he's the manager. And I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, I am so happy and proud that Candace immediately stood up for her man because in that moment in time once you guys are married in that union you have that trust and you have that bond you should be standing up for your husband if you have any of that doubt then you would believe that what would be coming out of the lady's mouth and that is not what she did so anyways that happened um they move forward and it just gets more interesting before that happens, Ashley is like, let me host a dancing event. And so she has the ladies arrive. Robin was the first to arrive. Robin. We all know Robin struggles with being on time for any event or flight. Karen isn't in attendance, because she has a fever. But it's really because Sharice was invited to Ashley's event. And Karen is avoiding And according to Giselle, Karen is avoiding Sharice because Sharice has tea on Karen. Listen, it is too early in the season for this. But when I tell you what's going to unfold, I don't even know. But I'm excited because this is about to be good. So anyways, Ashley is explaining she's sober, how she's trying to raise her vibration And so she's alcohol-free, and I completely understand that because you guys know, like, I'm at one with the universe. Like, I love it. So I, like, totally took this into consideration, but I still drink. Anyways, um, Robin asks if Ashley and Giselle need to talk about something, and it's about Ashley's divorce with Michael. Giselle feels like Ashley's playing with divorce and feels like Ashley's being, like, flip-floppy about it um, saying one moment she's getting divorced, and then and then buying a house with Michael, and then you know which Giselle has a point, and Ashley backs it up saying, "Did you and Jamal reconcile ever?" With Giselle responding like, 15 years later," and Ashley responded, "There's no statute of limitations on someone's affection." I beg the fuck to differ myself. <laughs> that's just me when that door is closed honey it will never be opened again see ya bye anyways Giselle says so are you and Michael still together and Ashley says no Ashley backs up all her claims stating her separation with Michael is pretty much amicable so the truth comes out That Michael and Ashley are getting a house together because Ashley couldn't afford a house at the size she wants without his help. And of course, Sharice agrees with that. Because we all know (laughs) Sharice. Is Sharice successful? I don't really remember. Again, I'm not a fan of her. But well, maybe she'll grow on me. I think I need to give her a chance. I'm not quite there yet. But of course she likes this. But we need to hear her story. And we have yet to hear her story. We're already to episode two. We've already done the roundabout with every other lady. We have yet to hear from Sharice. Somebody please sedate me. Anyways. So the dance class starts. And Candace arrives. And then Mia comes in. And so does Wendy. Me and Giselle haven't made up since Karen's taco party. So Giselle reached out to Mia, and Mia didn't respond. Basically, Mia's like, she's fucking over it. So these ladies, well, majority of the ladies lack rhythm or coordination when it comes to dancing. <laughs> it's... I, I never knew what a struggle it was, because I have rhythm and coordination, Watching these ladies have no rhythm and coordination, it hurts my eyes. But whatever. What can we do? So anyways, Robin is asking Candace after like they're done dancing and they're back in a circle and they're all having a conversation, Robin's asking Candace why she's like doing IBF, which is wild to me. Let people do what they want to do whenever they want to with their bodies, like, robin's timeline with kids is not the same as candace and just let it be so i was a little bit perplexed when i heard that Uh, maybe it's because i don't have any kids and if i really wanted to like uh, freeze my eggs and stuff i wouldn't want somebody to be like what about your ivf journey get out my fucking uterus ho." Um, anyway, so we move forward, they have that conversation, and then Giselle says that she wants to speak to Candace alone about Chris, dun-dun-dun, so she brings up how Chris made her feel uncomfortable, Giselle tells Candace about the incident at the reunion, and Candace asks follow-up questions, did he say something, did he make a move, in which Giselle says, no, and Candace follow saying in which he wouldn't and even adds to it saying Chris thinks of the ladies as his friends as his sisters like how they've been over to their house and he's cooked for them like he really looks at the ladies like sisters right and Giselle's like but he made me feel uncomfortable so Candace went into a calm attack mode, which I think therapy has helped her with these reactions. She stood up for her husband, and I'm here for it. When I tell you that she broke the fourth wall, she broke the fourth wall. She looked at the camera, and she was like, what's going on here? She gets up, she goes and finds the executive producer, and she's like, if this season is going to be about Chris, they don't want me here. Call Michael the ass grabber, not Chris. Like, when I tell you when she said it the way that she said it, I felt it. And that is where the episode ended. That is, this is only the second episode, (laughs) y'all. These ladies are already bringing it, the fire. And if you're not watching Potomac, I keep telling y'all, you're missing out. This is about to be a long episode. All right. I'm taking a break. I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about Beverly Hills Reunion Part 2. Stay tuned. We're back. We were in the East, and now we're off to the West of Beverly Hills. This is the Part 2 of the Beverly Hills Reunion, and we start off with the difference between evil and cunt. Say it with me, everybody. Cunt, 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 cunt. Between Garcelle and Diana, and Diana is trying to play victim and act like she wasn't behind the Jack's threats. Diana has apparently hired an attorney to find out who sent the threats. And of course, what does Erica do? She speaks up for Diana and says Diana is coming from a good place. Again, it is so fucking wild to me how no one comes to the to the defense of Garcelle, like none of the ladies—not Sutton, not Crystal. I need those two to start speaking up on behalf of Garcelle. Even though I know Garcelle has a backbone, it would be nice if she had, you know, some allies out there. They're not there her when she needs them, which is at this reunion, at this point in time, if I was sitting next to Garcelle and Diana's trying to make herself look like a victim, I'm pretty sure I would have lost my shit. I'm pretty sure I would have told that bitch to shut the fuck up up I'm pretty sure I would have read her the filth pretty sure so anyways Erica and Renna they take a break okay so they take a break and the cameras are literally going around to everybody's dress dressing room now Erica and Renna are in the same dressing room and they're talking about Garcelle's comments and how and what she says creates a divide And how every one of their children have been threatened. And the person who sent those threats wanted to create a divide. (sighs) Isn't it exhausting? How they just keep on turning this whole situation around. Making it seem like it's Garcelle's problem. How she's making it an issue. When these bitches really need to look in the mirror. I mean, honestly. So... I don't know how I feel about this. The camera's going around to every single uh, room. They do it on Married to Med. They, I don't think they've ever done it on the reunions for the Housewife franchise. So it's a little bit different for me, but I guess I can lean into it, right? Anyways, does everybody know that Kyle's been on this franchise for 12 seasons? How many of you care? I mean, we kind of have to a little bit. I mean, we'd you either love or hate Kyle, but sometimes I feel like some people love her one season and then hate her the next season, and I think I can say that. There's seasons that I'm like, I get Kyle, whatever, cool. And then there's some seasons, like this season, where I'm like, Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> I will choke you. Just kidding. So anyways, Andy mentions the rumors of Dorit and Mauricio having an affair. To Kyle and Andy says he never even heard of the rumor. Where the fuck have you been, Andy? That shit was everywhere. That rumor has been consistent. And you know, you have people on the internet that love to take Andy and everything. Not saying that he's looking at everything, but he notices shit. Trust and believe. Andy notices stuff. He notices the things that he wants to notice. He replies to things that he wants to reply to. So for him to be like, I never knew that this rumor even existed. You're fucking lying, okay? Stop it. Okay, let's move forward. I feel like I'm having like a therapy session. But anyways, Garcelle's book was brought up and how she purchased her new Birkin. Like her Birkin that she purchased was $13,000. She earned it. And she also talks about uh, the topics in her book. And one of the topics that were brought up was Bill Cosby. And she has an excerpt in the book that says that how Bill had a, invited her to his townhouse and how he gave her Sambuca and how it didn't taste right and she ran out the house. Garcelle was like, I think she said she was 18, 19, 20, 21. She was between 18 and 21. 18, 19, 20, 21. What's wrong with me? Am I? <laughs> I can't stand myself sometimes. So I just... I talk to myself out loud, so here I am. Why do I have a podcast? This is the reason right here. So, side note, the Bill Cosby doc that's on Showtime is worth the watch, like glued. I think it's four parts. I may have mentioned this before, maybe did not, but anyways, it is crazy how he used Quaaludes, and to think that Garcelle could have been a part of the 50 women that have been assaulted by him is insane we are so glad that like hey like she got out of it so anyways andy brings up the book and asked erica did she at least skim the book prior to throwing it in the garbage and that's when renna speaks up and admits she's the one who threw the book in the garbage. She says that her and Garcelle had a handshake agreement to not talk about their kids. And Rena said there's an excerpt in the book about Amelia. At the end of the day, attorneys got involved and a second edition was created without Amelia involved and they moved on. So there's that. But I hate this. The fact is that Andy jokes with Renna and Erica about the recycling of Garcelle's book is disgusting and disrespectful. The lack of awareness and respect that they have for Garcelle's feelings is so apparent, and <sighs> the cameras caught it. Andy definitely didn't care. There's definitely, like, they need some racial sensitivity training at Bravo. But they're never gonna get it. They're never gonna have it, because would we have franchises? Would these ladies still um, want to have, like, have their lives taped? Probably not, because they would have to like sign something and act accordingly, and that's never gonna happen. Which is fucking sad. Anyways, they talk about Lois's death, which is Rena's mom who passed away, and Rena starts to like tear up. But well, let me tell you guys something, and I mean this with no disrespect, but and that's just me having, just observing. Renna's eyes were so dry while she was talking about Lois. They, You know, when I think of people and your mother has passed away, as much as she talked about Lois and how close they were, how great Lois was, or whatever, not one tear dropped out of her eye. And I feel like the welting up of those ducks and her eyes were Emmy tears. Daytime Emmy tears. Not real tears. And that's a problem. That's a serious problem. Rena basically like she blamed her outburst, her behavior this season on confusion and that's it like renna's been having outbursts all fucking season all season and she's like i'm just gonna lean into the confusion what is going on at bravo like what is it what does renna have on it we all know that andy does coke we all know that there's a lot of drug use around in hollywood whatever amongst celebrities what does she have on you I need to know, because this is getting out of hand. (sighs) Anyways, so then the topic of Sutton being a liability came up. And finally, Andy said what the viewers have been saying, which is the Fox Force 5 stand up and cover for each other more than Garcelle does for Sutton. Why is that any different? Do you know what the response was after that? nothing because they know he's right. I mean it's it's y- y'all want to talk about divide, there's a divide. Like the Fox Force Five can do whatever the fuck they want to do and Garcel Sutton and Crystal cannot. It's very clear. Um I don't ever want to bring up the word bully because I don't think any of these ladies, no matter what fucking franchise is out there I think they all use the word bully wrong. And so I'm not even going to say it, but they're a bunch of fucking mean girls. And I want to body slam each and every one of them at some point in time, especially Rena. Oof, I'm going to have to put Erica at number one. I want to literally just get in a ring with her. <laughs> Should I feel that way? <laughs> or do I just need to go work out? <laughs> I think I just need to go work out. Okay, there you go. So, we went through another whole reunion. Part two. And guess who hasn't shown her face? Kathy. And like, when I tell you I'm so unimpressed, underwhelmed, I just... I get really angry because... I get it, promoting the show, the ratings, all this stuff. They teased us leading up to the start of part one reunion and seeing no Kathy part two, I'm no longer excited or care about this motherfucking reunion. Of course, I will watch the third part, but Bravo has to do better promoting the reunion. If ratings were up for the whole season, then there's no reason to push the Kathy portion of the reunion as if it's going to happen immediately. Thankfully, the reunion's only three parts. And Renna's pacing the floor after Andy tells them that the plan is once they're back from break, Kathy's going to come out. And the narrative Renna is pushing as if she's so traumatized by Kathy is ridiculous she's ridiculous and after seeing part two i currently rate this reunion of five out of ten part two was boring andy didn't make or press Rena as much as she should about her behavior he asked the question and moved on tell me a housewife isn't your favorite without telling me a housewife isn't your favorite listen i digress I've already spent too much time on this Part 2 reunion. I think, you know, it was taped for, what, 60 minutes, and I think I fell asleep at the 40-minute mark, and then I had to wake up and watch the last, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> to gain content, of course, right? But anyways, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk about South Lake City. You know I'm saving the best for last. Winter House is going to be last. So come on, just stay with me, y'all. Stay tuned. So we have left the Hills of the Bev and now we are going where three, two beer is popular. We are here in Salt Lake city and these bitches are wild. Okay. Let me tell you something. We're on the third episode, I believe third, four, third episode. And the first couple episodes, I wasn't like, whatever. Whatever. But this episode, (laughs) I don't even know, like, it's so much shit that goes on. They're in Scottsdale. They're going on this trip. It's for Jen. You know, I don't know if they're calling it like a last hurrah or whatever, but it's for Jen. And it's Whitney's ideal. Keep that in mind. So they're already there for the, they're there for two nights already. So this is the second night. So Remember, last episode, Heather was screaming at Whitney, had like thrown her around like a rag doll. I'm going to say that a couple of times because it's been imprinted in my mind the way that she moved Whitney out of the way. <laughs> it was great to watch. So let me tell you something. We leave off at Heather screaming at Whitney um, and Whitney crying about taking back her power. And then shit erupts all over again. And Whitney gets up in Heather's face. And Heather moves Whitney out of the way with no hesitation. Like one arm grabs Whitney's whole ass arm, moves her whole body out of the way. (laughs) Whitney hits like the wall. Now keep that in mind. Why am I laughing at it? It was fun. I, like, I, I can't. I used to watch Bad Girls Club, you guys. Like, so <laughs> watching watching women fight, I don't know. I It doesn't give me a thrill. I just kind of like watching fighting. Like, whatever. Men can watch boxing and like it, UFC, all that shit, whatever. I can watch housewives fight each other and and love it. So I do. So anyways. So after they're back. Yelling at each other, Heather Whitney, like, You called me a liar. You are, this is my truth. I were done. I'm over it. Like, that is literally what's happening in the first five minutes of this episode. So, Whitney is crying to Meredith, you know, choking on her tears. And Heather is just angry walking around, talking to Lisa, talking to Jen. It was amazing. And then we have Whitney. She goes to bed because, you know, it's too much for her. Like, she's emotionally exhausted. She's drunk. She needs to go to bed. She takes herself to bed. That leaves Jen, Heather, and Meredith still awake because, remember, the rumor of Lisa... Giving a man blowjobs to get season tickets or whatever or vendor something. She's already upset. So she's in her room talking to her husband, saying everybody's being mean girls because there's a rumor going around that she cheated on her husband. So that leaves Heather, Meredith, and Jen. And Jen brings her makeup artist, Crystal Pussy. You heard that right. Her name is Crystal Pussy. She comes out of the room at 2 o'clock in the morning to teach the ladies how to twerk. And Jen says, (laughs) under the Jen Shaw squad, people wear many hats. Girl, we know. That's why your ass is about to go to jail, okay? (laughs) Because people were wearing too many hats. Illegal hats. (laughs) If you know what I'm saying. Uh, a while everybody's learned how to twerk Uh, actually you know Crystal Pussy has a big ass and she can twerk Heather was trying Meredith that's just not her thing and Jen she was just standing up she's not going to get down on the ground and show people how she can twerk that wasn't going to happen but we soon find out that Whitney woke up out of her sleep walked into Heather's room and tore up their friendship card and walked back to her bed Aw, she wrote a nice card and she tore it up and left it on the ground so that when Heather woke up, she would see it and feel so slighted by it. These bitches are crazy, okay? So Jen wakes up and has breakfast with Meredith, Heather, and Lisa and talks about court and how she has to fly to New York. Now, this is all surreal as once she gets to New York, her plea changes to guilty, Y'all, remember Meredith going online this past summer and posting, you're innocent until proven guilty? Well, that didn't age well. Like, I'm looking at Jen thinking, how I can't believe a thing that's coming out of her mouth. Not her confessionals, nothing. I like, I need to see the, I want and need and will see the lady's reaction once the news comes out about her changing her plea, okay? Okay. So in the midst of sending Jen off to New York, Meredith and Lisa, remember they weren't good either, have a moment in which they hug it out for a good 60 seconds because, you know, looking at Jen's situation puts things in perspective. Like, we shouldn't throw our friendship away. You called me a whore. You said I slept with every single guy in the state of New York. But give me a hug right now because, you know, Jen might be going to prison. That that ain't me y'all. That is not me. So anyways, uh it is the third night and the ladies that the ladies have been in Scottsdale and they decide to go to the Dirk Bentley Whiskey Row without Jen. So shots get brought up to the table and Meredith wants everyone to say one word that's meaningful for them to toast to. Lisa says love. Meredith says peace. Heather says friendship. And Whitney's healing journey ass says honesty. Now, mind you, Whitney and Heather have not discussed the events that happened the night before. So, but Whitney is adamant about being right. And she's adamant that she's about to bring the shit up again. She's like, I know I'm not lying. I know that, you know. Heather hurt me deeply. Those are like Whitney's words verbatim. She's exhausting, y'all. So Whitney's on this like healing journey. And with that, she's so hurt that Heather called her a liar. When in fact, she called Heather a liar first, if I remember right and correctly. So because like Whitney's healing and living her truth She can throw shots and Heather's supposed to take it. Listen, (laughs) Whitney is on another level this episode, okay? So Whitney, of course, needs to talk about herself. And so she brings up the night before and how Heather wasn't there for her and how Heather hurt her deeply. And Heather's looking over at her like, Gives her this confused look and challenges Whitney and says, so what are you going through? You mean you want me to corroborate a story that Whitney heard? Like Heather said she didn't hear a rumor about Lisa. So Heather goes, when I tell you Heather goes the fuck off, she goes the fuck off. (laughs) I don't know about y'all, but this is the Heather I've been waiting to see for the past two seasons. Everybody welcome Heather with a Backbone, because this is what I've been needing from her, and she's giving every single moment in this segment, okay? So Heather goes forth and says, this trip was supposed to be about Jen, and you made it about yourself from day one. Heather's telling the truth, y'all. She's telling it, but it gets better. After Whitney and Heather tell each other again that they hurt each other, And Whitney says she's cleansing a lot of family out of her life. And Heather then shoots off and says, Why don't you take accountability for creating a lot of drama for a trip that was supposed to celebrate our friend who's facing real problems and real issues? (laughs) Truth seeker is not a truth thing. When I tell you I screamed in my house, I was like... Heather is going the fuck off. And in that moment, Heather has now forgotten that Whitney has mentioned that she's been through, uh, been abused as a child. So when you talk about real issues, and real problems, girl, child abuse is real. So (laughs) you might want to apologize for that, but she ain't going to do that. I mean, you just have to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And Heather did not remember that rule when it came to this argument. When I tell you, she just didn't. So anyways, so once that comment was popped off, that's when Whitney mentions how Heather threw her beside. <laughs> Whitney he looks at Heather You threw me up against the wall and called me a liar. Like, when I tell you that Heather grabbed her and threw her around like a rag doll, like, when I tell you it happened, fast forward to that part. Like, she, Heather's a beast. (laughs) And and I enjoyed that moment. I shouldn't have enjoyed that moment as much as I did, but I did. (laughs) And that's it. So anyways, Whitney says every time she wants to talk about feelings, Heather walks away. And Heather reminds Whitney that feelings is all she wants to talk about and how she leads the discussions with the ladies. And Heather's like, what if we just want to have a light dinner and have fun? Which is true. Whitney does talk about her feelings a lot. She is all about the feels. And I think... Heather's exhausted. I think sometimes she just wants to come out, get drunk, and have fun. The next day you can talk about your feelings. But not every single time do you have to talk about feelings. You feel me? So, a couple of things that I noticed this episode. Meredith has been so calm. So calm this episode. It was nice to see. It was nice to come on here and say, hey, Meredith does not need to be sedated. Meredith is sober. Not Meredith has not taken any pills today. It was nice to say that because we know that Meredith is normally um, prescribed <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> so, they again, at the end of the episode, they are all wearing... Nice little pajama outfits and Meredith has bought them all gifts and they start talking about Jen's behavior and how she's dealing with this case and how she's car- she's like basically, car- uh, she's just different. She's just different this episode and how the things are just not matching up. Now we forget. I love me some Meredith. But we forget that Meredith does have a JD. She does have a law degree, and so she starts talking to the ladies about Jen's case, and says it's not looking good since good old Stan, Stan, Stan the man. Actually, not Stan, Stan, Stan the man. We've already talked about Stan today, but it was. It's really Stewart, Stewie. Um, how Stewie has uh, now going to be testifying against Jen. And because Stuart stood up and saying that he's testifying against Jen is why she had to change the plea of her case. But we will find that out because that is where the episode ends. Next episode, the ladies go skiing. Whitney and Heather continue to talk. And Jen's there. And then Angie Harrington appears, which rattles Lisa. So that was Salt Lake City, (laughs) y'all. Now we're going to head back over east, and we're going to talk Winter House, but I am going to take a break, so I'll talk to you guys soon. Listen, I start off with a bang, and I got to end with a bang, so we're leaving Beverly Hills, and we're in Vermont for the House of the Winter, aka Winter House. Now, this week, it's the second episode, but... I am very excited that Winter House is back for a second season. The first episode was last week, and it was for introductions, snowmobiling, and getting comfortable with each other. Paige and Craig and Amanda and Kyle are the couples in the house. Um, I guess Lindsay and Carl will be coming later, but anyways, the floor is from Amanda and Kyle's um, wedding is now a roommate and her name is Rachel. Sierra is back along with Jason. Now Jason's the one who was sleeping with Lindsay last season and she ended up getting pregnant with his baby, but she miscarried. Um, I don't remember Luke on the first season of winter house, but y'all should know Luke from summer house. Craig's friend, Corey is a new roommate along with a girl who looks identical To Lindsay, but her name is Jessica. Austin, Lindsay, and Carl have not made it to the house yet. So, in the first episode, I forgot what the theme of the party was, but everyone has a costume, like Baby Shark, avocados, and hot dogs, and Amanda was hosting. Craig is drunk and being obnoxious. Imagine that. But he was obnoxious when they arrived at the house paying people off, so him and Paige could have the main bedroom. It's giving elitist. It's giving the money's going to your head. It's giving calm the fuck down. That's what it's giving. Jessica and Luke are vibing, but of course Jason is into her. I mean, again, she looks exactly like Lindsay. So no surprise there, uh, but things uh, develop. Sierra is attracted to Corey, um, and... During this first episode of the introductions and everything, Amanda and Paige are having a moment and Amanda opens up about how she's been off birth control since her and Kyle got married and she hasn't had a period since and she's afraid that she can't have kids. So that's a very real thing for her, but that subject turns into a light moment when Craig is now the Kyle, and I really love how Amanda was like, I feel so bad for you, to Paige being like, how does it feel to have your boyfriend be the most obnoxious drunk in the house? <laughs> I mean, the irony and the karma is coming back tenfold, honestly. But I do love how Amanda explained the commingling of friends and how it makes like the girlfriend look bad. Like when the boyfriends, when they're great, they're great. But when they're bad, it's like they're judging. Like other people are judging you for loving that. And that is so true. I think that's one of the reasons why people are like hesitant to introduce you to your significant other because you have seen all the flaws of your significant other. And you're like. Eh. Would my friends like. Him or her. <laughs> or would they be like. Damn. That ain't it. <laughs> so anyways. um Craig ends up like. Just. Trashing the house. Hanging out with Corey. Like Corey takes him to like a new level of drunk. His southern charm drunk. It can't even compare to his winter house drunk. And this is just the first episode. So that pretty much was the first episode. But now this week, it was the second episode. And it starts off with Amanda and Paige still in the um, in her bed talking about things, just kind of catching up. And then it just kind of rolls into like Rachel. Now, Rachel's the florist. I like her. Um, she kind of reminds me of myself when she's explaining the internal body clock that turns on at like, wakes you up at five o'clock in the morning. That is me. I don't care how much I've drank the night before. I will wake up at five or six o'clock. No problem. I will lean into some MacDons. I will clean. I will do whatever. It doesn't matter, but I'm up and it's a blessing and also a curse, but, anyways, Rachel has this amazing ink on her arm. Like I've been considering getting a sleeve or half of sleeve, and like she's a plant person, I'm a plant person, and so it's like, oh, should I get it? <laughs> but anyways, it's always nice. I love it. Um, so we move forward from Rachel. We're on to like Corey and Craig, since they trashed the majority of the house. Of course, they wake up and the house is extremely messy and it looks crazy. And then so all the roommates are sitting in a room and Craig says they're talking about cleaning, like what they're going to do for the day and how they need to clean. And Craig's like, I don't clean. He's like, I make enough money not to clean, especially when I'm on vacation. Like his tantrums are weighing on everybody. I mean, did anybody speed him up on what happens on any of the house of the summer or the winter? You rage the day and night. You clean in the morning. You do a fun activity and then you rage again and start the cycle all over again. Craig's about to annoy the shit out of me. And I hate that for myself since he's like a fellow Aquarius. (laughs) But according to his buddy, Corey, this has been like the same old Craig. So that's a good thing, but it's also like, damn, that's not a good thing. (laughs) Anyways, Luke and Craig start fighting about cleaning, and Kyle finally taps in, and he's like, let's just be all adults, which is true when Kyle's saying that, when Kyle's saying that. (laughs) Because we all know Kyle, he loves leaning into his child, like being a child anywhere he came in. Young at heart. I love it. But then sometimes I don't love it. But, okay, so remember, Jess and Luke were vibing first episode. Well, Jess is now over it and wants to get to know other people. So Jess and Corey head to the grocery store when they're trying to figure out what they're going to eat for the rest of the day. Low-key, Corey says he's pursuing all the ladies after Jess asks who he's interested in. But... I feel like he's a player, but I don't know. So like to even make it more clear for you, Jason and Luke are both interested in Jess, who's interested in Corey, who's interested in Sierra, but Jason could also be interested in Rachel. Well, not also could like he is, but I don't know. The fun activity that they did that day, like boozing and stuff, like they went sledding And that looks so fun. Like, the house looks amazing. But also, I have, you know, everybody talks about skiing and they go to Colorado. Hardly ever hear anybody going to Vermont. But Vermont looks beautiful. So, man, I don't know. I might have to put that one on the list. Maybe. Maybe. And that's the best part about winter when you can, like, go snowmobiling, sledding, (laughs) snowshoeing, sledding, tubing, all that stuff. But I'm not ready for it. Not here in Minnesota. Okay? Luke and Craig have beef. It's very obvious that they are not getting along. So, listen, I'm going to have to lean into Luke this time because, partly because he comes from Minnesota. Like, Craig is so pissed that when he visited Luke over the 4th of July, Luke kicked him out of the house because he set off fireworks near his boat. Understandable. Craig's logic is asinine. Because, like, those fireworks he set off weren't even in, weren't even his to begin with, right? Luke wins this one. If you're from Minnesota, you know summers. Boats and life on the lake are serious. So don't fuck with us when it comes to that, okay? Craig is being on. Un- real I low-key love how Paige is not getting involved like she's like he's a grown-ass man I'm not gonna sit up here and mother him like he'll figure it out but she's also seeing sides of him where she's like oh my gosh she's so annoying so it's interesting because this is like a test of their relationship since they are long distance she lives in New York he lives in Charleston. So when they're together, everything's great because they miss each other, you know, because um, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And this time they're going to be together for 17 days. I won't be surprised if Paige like completely snaps on him, but she also explained why she like likes him so much because she's so used to going out with people who are so straight and narrow and Craig's not. And that's like extremely attractive to her. So I get it. I mean, also he's an Aquarius. It's nice. We're, we're pretty legit people. I'm just saying. So anyways, um, Luke is in therapy and although that's amazing, he still falls hard for women and he's currently falling so hard for Jess and he's not picking up on the clues that she's not interested in him and it's painful to watch because her body language is like every time he touches her she's just not for it so anyway so half the group goes to the bar and the other half stays home and Amanda finds out that Jess just isn't into Luke fast forward to when the bar crew returns to the house Of course, Craig starts acting like a toddler, but even Craig notices how uncomfortable Jess is with the way Luke is treating her. And when Luke touches Paige in a certain way and Craig catches that, he snaps and starts screaming and threatening Luke saying, Don't touch my girlfriend or Jess like that. And if I catch you doing that again, I'm going to throw you through the window. Like It was pretty big pretty big scene they're screaming at each other it's like almost three o'clock in the morning everybody's trying to calm Craig down Luke is like crying in his room talking to his sister trying to calm himself down it was like a whole scene to the point that his sister's like if you want to go home just go home so you like Luke packs his shit huge blow up throws Luke through the loop and he ends up packing all his shit and leaving the house it had to be at least 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning when he was, like, doing that. So that's where the episode ended. There was no preview of next week's episode, but they left us with a to-be-continued, can we say a cliffhanger? But I'm all here for it, you guys. I'm here for the House of the Winter and the Winter House, okay? I love this crew of people. At first, I was a little bit annoyed that they casted a person who looks ag- looks exactly like Lindsay, but more drama has to occur. Curry, Cor- Curry Corey, okay, can we tell we're sleepy? Corey's interested in Sierra, but he's, like, holding back because Austin's going to come in the house, and he's, like, he knows Austin, and he's, like, not about that life. You know, he thinks that Sierra's going to, you know, act like how she acted last season which was you know uh completely different. We're just going to call it different. We're past it, she's past it. We're here for it. We don't not we do not need a rewind time. We might have to when Austin walks in the house, but we hope we don't have to. But yes. All right. You guys, that's it. Like jam packed Episode full of drama and yeah like it's been good like this is an extra long episode I feel like I feel like it's way over an hour so thank you so much for vibing with me make sure to tell your friends who love reality TV and random-ish to hop on the vibe with Vic Train and if you haven't already leave a rating on either Apple or Spotify's platform either way I appreciate y'all I'll see you next week see ya (laughs) I'll talk to you next week. Until then, stay classy. Cheers.